Welcome to the Single Cell World, the podcast for scientists in which we disentangle single cell technology. Here, frustration and failure are transformed into clarity and understanding. I am Katia Motinho, and in this podcast, I want to share with you my experience in single cell research. How? In the form of useful advices that you can use in the lab after each episode. Ready to learn? Let's start! Hi everyone, welcome to one more episode. Today I will talk about single cell DNA. Advice. Get the paper and a pen, since besides single cell technology, I will give you a molecular biology class. I will start with the basics. The DNA. The DNA is where we have all the information to build our cells or our body. This information comes as a sequence of letters that are called base pairs. For simple that it seems, there are only four letters. A, T, C, G. A, adenine, T, timine, C, cytosine, and G, guanine. Of course, their order and combination is what will give us different information. Like if with the same letters, we need to write different words. Our DNA is localized in two places. At the nucleus, and this is what we call nuclear DNA. Since the DNA, this DNA is so, so long, because of course we are talking about all the information needed to build a human, so it's a lot. Since it is so long, the DNA is wrapped around proteins that are called histones. If we could look in detail, we will see beads on a string, like a bead necklace. The beads are called nucleosomes, and they are basically DNA and histones. And the string is just DNA, what we call naked DNA. Together, the nucleosomes and the DNA, they constitute the chromatin, the chromatin fibers. These fibers of chromatin is what is forming the chromosomes. I will give you more details about this afterwards. Now let's talk about the other type of DNA that a lot of times we completely forget. The one that we can find at the cytoplasm inside the mitochondria, mitochondrial DNA. This DNA is a little bit different. I will simplify. So the nuclear DNA comes from both our parents. It's a mix between the DNA from our mom, from the ovule, and the DNA from our dad, from the spermatozoid. The mitochondrial DNA comes almost all from our mums and has only the information that the mitochondria need to function. The mitochondria are the power stations of our cells, of our bodies. It's the place where energy is produced for us to function. Anyways, when most people talk about the DNA, they are referring, including me, to the nuclear DNA. If we are not studying specifically mitochondrial DNA, this can be a problem for us since it can work as background noise when we are doing single DNA experiments. Other idea that I need you to have present in your mind is that some part of the information of the DNA will be transcribed to RNA. Again, there are different types of RNA that can be produced, but to keep it simple today, and I think it will be already too much information, we will only think about messenger RNA that, as the name says, has a message that will be after used to build a protein. The proteins are the building blocks of our cells. And why should we study the DNA? To check for alterations on it and, like this, understand the reason why some cells' behavior changes. 
These change of behavior can lead to diseases, but can also lead, for example, to cell differentiation. So this is why we want to study DNA. There are different types of DNA alterations. They can be just a change in one base pair, in one letter, with no major alterations at the protein level. These can be polymorphisms or SNPs, single nucleotide polymorphisms, or, in other cases, silent mutations. Or we can have changes that will affect the protein function. And here we have a lot of things that can happen, like point mutations, where just one base pair is changed, insertions, deletions. These can be one or more base pairs that are inserted or deleted from the original sequence of DNA. We can also have rearrangements of parts of the DNA, gene fusions, that is, let me try to explain this, pieces of genes that stick together. For example, we have gene A and B that are apart in the DNA sequence, but then when there is cell divisions, these genes will come together and they will stick together. So at the end, we will have, for example, the first part of gene A together fusion with the last part of gene B. So this will be a completely new gene with a new function. Other alterations that we can have is the copy number variation. What we have in our cells is two copies of one gene. The number of copies can also be altered. These alterations occur mainly during cellular division when the cells make a copy of themselves. This is a normal process for us to grow or to repair some tissues that we need, biological tissues. Now, how to study this, the DNA, at single cell level? There are different protocols. All of them are based on PCR, so amplification of our DNA sequences. They can be divided in two main types, the whole genome sequencing approaches or the target ones. The whole genome sequencing involves to sequence the entire genome of a single cell. So in theory, we will have all that information. Reality, the problem is that some DNA regions are more accessible to amplified than others. So depending on the cell type, we can have a bias on the amplification. Important, be careful with contaminations. Any DNA can be amplified. Also, we always need to stop the DNA amplification before what we call a PCR plateau phase. Why? Because at that point, at the plateau phase, is where amplification mistakes can happen more frequently. Let's say that at that point, we are lacking already the components that we need to do a good DNA amplification. The single-cell whole genome protocols are discovery approaches. Since when we are using them is because we want to find new alterations at the DNA level. In case we know what alterations we would like to study, we must, we must use target approaches. Let's see then this type of approaches. Here, the first thing to know is what specific DNA regions we would like to study. These approaches are what we call a validation approach. 
benefits in comparison to the previous one, to the whole genome sequencing approaches? Well, these ones are more sensitive and cost effective because we already know what we want to see. So when, for example, we are sequencing, we will only sequence a specific region. In terms of commercial solutions that are available for all genome approaches, I will leave you some examples. There are a lot. So the most known are RepliG by Kiagen, the GenomePlex Single Cell Wall Genome Amplification Kit, or the Illustra Single Cell Genomify DNA Amplification Kit from Merck, the Picoplex Single Cell Wall Genome Amplification Kit from Takara Bio, the Ampli Wall Genome Amplification Plus Kit from Silicon Biosystems, Malbach Single Cell Wall Genome Amplification Kit from Icon Genomics, or, for example, the Resolve DNA from Bioscribe. There are a lot more. These methods are all plate-based, meaning that we will be using a 96 or 384 well plates. So this is a low-throughput assay. In the newsletter of this week, yes, because the Single Cell World website, there is a newsletter, so go there and register yourself. So as I was saying, in the newsletter of this week, I will include a paper where different kits, these kits that I mentioned, are compared. Please read it and decide what is the best method for your goal. Concerning the target approaches that I am aware, I just know about one uh, commercial option. That is the one, the kit from Mission Bio. It is a droplet-based method. So... It is a high throughput assay. I will not enter today in details about these kits because I will do this over the next episodes of this podcast. Let's then get a little bit complicated and see what other information we can study at DNA level. I mentioned before that the nuclear DNA constitutes the chromatin together with the stones and that this chromatin is like a necklace of beads. Let's say that this necklace is made of a new technology that allows it to adapt to people's neck. So it will be possible for this necklace to get shorter, condensed or longer, relaxed. This to tell you that the chromatin state is dynamic. It will be more relaxed when our cells need to express genes that are in certain regions of the chromatin or more condensed when the expression of the genes is not needed. To study the accessibility of chromatin, this is an epigenetic mechanism, we will need to use single-cell ataxic protocols. Ataxic stands for assay for transposase accessible chromatin with sequencing. I will give you three examples of commercial solutions. So we have the most known and used, the single cell attack seek kit from 10x genomics, the shore cell attack seek library prep kit from BioRad, or the iCell 8 single cell attack seek from Takara. All these protocols, all these kits are droplet based methods. So high throughput. What is missing to talk about today is other DNA epigenetic mechanisms that can be studied at single cell level. The DNA methylation. What is this? Let's say that the DNA is the text at the instructions book, but it is a text without punctuation, only letters. 
For us to understand the message, the punctuation is obligatory. This punctuation is placed by epigenetic mechanisms. One of them is the DNA methylation. It is basically the addition of a chemical mark methyl group at certain base pairs. The cytosines are the mostly common base pairs that suffer methylation. This chemical mark is like a hat, let's say, that will protect the cytosine of being read by proteins that will make the gene to be expressed. So, in general terms, gene promoters DNA methylation is related with gene silencing. And how can we study this? There are different protocols that were described and also commercialized. I will give you two examples of commercialized kits. These ones are plate-based methods and are the X-Gen Methylation Sequencing DNA Library Preparation Kit from IDT or the TWIST Next Generation Sequencing Methylation Detection System from TWIST Bioscience. Concerning droplet-based methods, the only available for now is the one that was commercialized or described using Mission Biotechnology. It's called Single Cell Time Seek. That's everything for today. So the goal today was for you to have an idea of everything that we can study using the DNA of one single cell. Of course, there is a wide range of applications for these protocols, both in research and clinical settings. In research, for example, these protocols have been used to study the genetic heterogeneity of cancer cells, understand the development of early embryos, for example, or even investigate the genetic basis of different diseases. In the clinical setting, single-cell DNA sequencing is also being used for diagnostic purposes, such as the detection of rare cancer cells or the identification of genetic mutations associated with cancer, for example, or other diseases. Before I leave you, let me tell you that today is the last day for you to join the single cell course that will start tomorrow. Okay, is the last day. So don't lose this opportunity. And other thing, if you would like to support this podcast, you can do it paying me a coffee. All the links will be available at the podcast description. Thanks for listening and see you next Monday. If you think it was useful or you learned something new, please spend some seconds rating this podcast on Spotify or leaving a comment on Apple Podcasts. It will make me super, super happy. For more tips or advice, follow me in Instagram or Twitter at SingleCellWorld or simply subscribe our website or blog at www.thesinglecellworld.com. Well, I will wait for you next Monday with a new episode.